1: Hey, what's going on, No Bad Dog Army? Welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with your host Tom Davis. Hope everyone is well as always. This is a wonderful podcast with a with a great guy that's uh, living that van life with some of his dogs, and his two dogs are starting to fight, and uh, it's getting pretty bad. And it's out of nowhere. Both dogs are mature. Both dogs have gotten along great up until this point. So we talk about some of the some of the reasons why these things could happen to some dogs, and the things that the owners and yourself out there need to really focus on when you're when you're working on this type of situation and what's realistic and what's not and where to let go of certain things and where to gain certain things so it's a great podcast for anybody out there that's dealing with dogs in the home that are fighting with each other. And uh, we also talk a little bit at the end about uh, some dog training experiences and kind of a little bit of how I got into where I'm at now. So it's a good podcast. Um, We just wrapped up a seminar with my buddy Forrest for everyone who came out to that. um, Thank you so much. We appreciate it. It was a lovely seminar. Everybody walked away with uh, great information. People from literally all over the country came from Washington to Kansas City to, Georgia to to Indiana to Syracuse, from all over, literally all over the map. So that was pretty cool. So thank you every single person, if you're listening to this, that came out and hung out with us. And uh, it was a lot of fun. We really appreciate it. And it was great. And for those of you who want to hang out with me, meet me, work with me, and train with me, we're doing a tour. We're going to do the UK in September. And we're doing a fall tour in November across the country, actually, we're going to go down to Texas, Florida, California, and back over um, starting in Nashville. So we're launching those details uh, next month, uh, for sure for for the um, for the UK seminar. So make sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis. For all of the details, uh, it will sell out every seminar that we've done working spots sell out every time. So uh, just make sure you guys get your tickets if you want to hang out with me in the UK. I'm very excited to come over and hang out with you guys. Uh, And then don't forget to listen to the end of the podcast because I'm going to be answering your specific dog training questions. If you want me to answer your specific dog training questions, all you guys have to do is head over to the iTunes review chart and leave your review and I'll answer your questions at the end of next episode. So make sure you listen to the end to hear your dog training questions and more dog training information.
2: We live a, what I would call a semi-nomadic life where I have a permanent full-time job but we live out of a van basically um and that's been the situation since I I've had all three of them um we've never all together lived in a house or anything like that and for the majority of our life together everybody's gotten along great and everything's been very peaceful up until this past February I I actually work at like a boarding training facility. So my dogs were staying there and Matt went after champ somewhat randomly and I wasn't there. So I don't know exactly what prompted it, but champ sustained some pretty good wounds on his leg. Um, once I got back, everything, not that everything was totally normal, but there was no more altercations or anything like that. So I just kind of figured Okay, that was a weird one-off, and we'll move forward. I then went out of again in April, and the same thing happened. Mac went after Champ. The injuries weren't as bad, but but there was still injuries. And then ever since I've gotten back from that trip, their relationship has seemed to gradually continue to deteriorate to a point where I can walk them together and they can kind of be around each other if it's a controlled thing. But champ has these random times where he then he'll lock onto Mac and almost it, it's very like a definite switch is flipping in his head. And he just like a missile goes straight after Mac and attacks him basically. And they're not just little scraps. They're pretty intense fight. Um, mm-hmm so i'm kind of just looking to get some guidance on exactly what's a good way to rebuild that relationship and the trust there between them i do have some crates that i just set up now whenever we get to wherever we're going for that night and kind of crate and switch or or whatnot and you know we can all go on walks together i muzzle them and on a pinch or something like that. And I could walk both of them and they walk next to each other fine and everything like that. But They're having some issues when we're just hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. So, I'm just, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand. So let me ask you this. What's your, um what's the ages of the dog again between Mac and champ
2: champ is, I, I got them both from a shelter. So their ages are, um, estimates but champ is about six maybe seven and mac is about at this point four
1: okay and three-ish to four-ish when was the i know you said this last fight was in april um when you were away when when was the first fight
2: um it was in february and actually before that my my the little one Rue she went into heat last june um and they had a couple little I'll call them scraps because they weren't. Mm. It wasn't like I'm a trying to kill you type fight, um, but they had a few little altercations. But then everything was fine from between June 2021 to February 2022. There was no issues or anything after that.
1: Okay, yeah, I was just curious. Just sometimes maturity has a lot to do with some of these random new behavioral changes in your dog. Uh-huh. So I didn't know if that was a thing, you know, it, it doesn't seem like that's, that's a thing in the last two years, they wouldn't have been going through any of that. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big dog now, you know, I'm not a puppy anymore. You wouldn't have been seeing yeah. any of that, you know? Yeah. So, you know, there's a couple of different things. And I think the first thing is, is obviously the variables or the situations that the dogs went after each other are pretty clear right? As far as you not being there. I mean, that's a huge, that's the biggest variable because up until that point, they haven't really done that to that extent, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: So there's that. So that's always good information whenever you're trying to problem solve. It doesn't matter if it's a math equation or trying to figure out a hose. I mean, you're like, oh, this is, this is, this changes everything. This right here right this this mm-hmm. makes a big difference in the in the situation and the equation that we're in if you're not being around now why you know that that's a different you know that's a different story but at least we have some variable
2: yeah well and that's what i always had in my head it was like okay these issues happen when i'm not there but when i come back everything kind of falls back into order um until now recently that thought process has kind of changed cuz you know i'm back and now champ is still having that switch flipped in his head where he's seeing red and going after him
1: when you're doing this type of work you know and and you're trying to figure out um why these things are happening i think it's important for you to be able to to manage these situations as they come moving forward because Uh if you if you can't figure out exactly why these things are happening you're like hey nothing's changed, you know, Mac and champ have gotten along pretty good up until this point. But I can tell you from experience that there has been dogs in my immediate pack, if you will, and close friends and families packs that go through this where, especially with males. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just a coincidence that all of the situations that i have had personally have been males or not but i can say that a lot of them have been males so with that being said uh, this does happen and you know like even with my own personal dog thompson mm-hmm. when he was around he uh, he was pretty much just to give you a quick little example he was pretty much like a like a demo dog like a therapy dog he could do anything and be any he, i mean he was in daycare and then he hit a certain age around five four or five and boom that was it no more dogs nothing like couldn't even get him like he's good with his pack or he was you know but after that there was no dogs that he didn't know that he could even be approached by i mean it was and that was it and and there was no nothing happened um you know there was nothing. it was just all of a sudden boom, he didn't like other dogs and in, in the beginning, it was like, "What the heck? But as time moved on i mean, and I know it's a little bit different with you because these guys are living with each other, you're in tight quarters you're yeah. you know you're in a situation that is a little bit different, you know, so right now, up into that point since eight uh, since April uh it sounds like you've had some some little tiffs, some little altercations, some little uh situations but nothing as bad as the time that
2: you that you left is that correct correct yeah and nothing nothing persisted there was those issues and then everything would be fine after that um but we're now at a point where it's you know it it builds upon each other now it's not just okay we can move on from that without worry right okay now that makes
1: makes it makes sense but it doesn't you know so yeah oh yeah so i mean you know really what you can do is you have a couple of different options and and what i try to do is not try to stress you or your dogs out too much mm-hmm. by trying to take a triangle and fit it into a square hole so when you're working with a dog that or two dogs or multiple dogs that are are kind of starting to have these altercations for whatever reason i think everything that you're doing so far is the things that I would be doing. Cause we, my uh, my my father-in-law and my, my wife's parents, they have a Husky and they have a German Shepherd, right? Mm-hmm. And they've gotten along, this is just recent. This is like last month. They've gotten along great. I mean, for the most part, German Shepherd's kind of like a working dog, doesn't really care about much. And then one day, they, the German Shepherd just went after him, and now they hate. It. Well, now they don't get along, mm-hmm. and this just happened. And so I I can relate to some of the current events in my own life. I mean, they're fine; they can manage it, right? And that's so that's what they're doing. Because my point is, is I don't think you'll be able to get them to a point where you're gonna say, "Oh, that was a fluke that that'll never happen again." That was a weird time in their life, because I feel yeah. like once somebody punches you in the face, your relationship with that individual changes kind of, you know, for forever, you know? Totally. So with my experience, I think the best thing to do, the safest thing to do and the the most, uh, can I don't want to say convenient, but the easiest thing for you to do is very likely to just manage the situation as it is and you're going to know the things you can and can't do. So you're not going to be able to just leave them free free roaming without watching them anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. but I think what you, what you can do is some things that you can do is you can start like muzzle conditioning stuff. I mean, that's helpful.
2: Okay. And that's kind of what I've been doing. They basically, if they're around each other, not in crates, I put muzzles on them just because we were at a point where injuries were happening. So I, you know, they couldn't really not be muzzled.
1: Yeah. And that, and that's, and that's what you would do. So the muzzles are going to keep them out of the vet office And keep, you know, you, you from, um, having, you know, like a lot more, I don't want to say any anxiety, but a lot more anxiety and stress about, you know, them ripping each other apart while you're driving or while you're parked or while you're letting them out to go to, to potty quick or whatever. So, so I guess, you know, my job in this situation is to, to give you some tips and tricks on, The things that i have done and 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 the things that have made us successful in the in the past and in the future and just let you know that it's okay to say hey this is what life has 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 presented us currently this is the situations that we're in and these are the things that that we're going to have to do in the future to just just to stay safe and to stay less stressed and and just know that it's not your fault and it's 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 nothing that you have done you're, you know, that has made them feel this way. But, you know, the, the only interesting thing I would say is like, they were fine up until you left them to to go and go away and then they had a tiff. And I don't know if that was because, you know, just kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that was because um you, they were frustrated you left. They were frustrated that maybe they weren't getting enough exercise. They were frustrated. I mean, living in the, in that kind of that, like you said, that nomadic van life. You know, you're very your life with your dogs is a lot different,
0: yeah. and
1: that's because you're just you're never like I'm in my office right now, my door's shut, my dogs in the other room, right? But when you yeah. live, you live kind of like that van life. It's different. You're you're always together, so it's a little bit yeah. different relationship. I would definitely say than 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 most relationships with dogs because of those limit limitations of being able to be away. If you, if you, even if you wanted to, Uh so I I don't know, I I guess I'm just kind of talking out loud about who knows what triggered them to go after each other while you were gone, but it could have been lack of structure, lack of exercise, frustration, uh, you know, whatever, who knows? But now they're at a, now they're at a point where, yeah, they, they went after each other and, and it could have been, it could have been a situation where, they've kind of been building up, right? Where they're like, eh, screw you, now screw you. And it's, it hasn't gotten to that point of physical altercation, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where, you know, you drop them off or you leave them or whatever and you go do your thing. And, you know, when when dad's out of the house, then the two boys go after it and then they're like, yeah. And then, and then they kind of just have this relationship. And I think a lot of dog owners take it personally Mm-hmm. where they're like you know I want my obviously you want your dogs to get along but you know that's that's not what we're talking about here cuz I don't think that that's fair or realistic to say like let's just go back to the way it was I mean that'd be great right like let's hey let's I'd love to go back to high school for a week and just be like oh no bills no you know do whatever <laughs> yeah. I want like we can't just go back right to to the times of like oh this was easier but, and that's what you're dealing with is like, I just want to go back to times that are easier. And I know that you're not expecting that, but again, I'm just kind of walking you through the process. And I think, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where right now your job is to, is to maintain safety and maintain, um, just still having fun and structure. But I think a lot, again, like, I think a lot of people get tied up in the fact like, oh, my, my dogs don't like each other or my dogs hate each other my dogs are upset or my dogs are sad or my dogs are arguing and and really in my experience um i mean dogs obviously don't love fighting with each other for the most part but they really don't care like they're like yeah i don't really like i don't really want to do this with you anymore and the other dogs they like, Yeah, I me mean, neither and then they kind of just do their own thing but mm-hmm. if and then if you if you get into a sticky situation, then they might get upset with each other. It's kind of like just having, just like really not liking that one person in your friend group, but everyone else is friends with them. And, you know, and then you get to a situation where, you know, you're like, oh, and it just really irritates you. And it's kind of like, you know what it's like? It's like, it's like watching, my wife watches the, uh, like the the house, the Hollywood wives or whatever the reality yep. show is where it's just drama the entire time right mm-hmm. or they're just trying to they're picking who's going to pay for the bill and who's going to what private jet they're taking to aspen it's like it's complete just shit but anyway that's kind of like what they're dealing with right so i think i think just don't take it emotionally either to say like what have i done and can i repair it should i repair it do they want me to repair it and they really don't care um I think you just have to be right now like a good leader and do what you're doing. Bring them both out on the leash. You could continue to work them together with structure and guidance and say, hey, I know you guys are having a hard time with each other right now. I don't really care. This is what we're doing. We're going to go for a walk. You guys are still going to sit. You're still going to stay. And I think everything that you're doing right now is is great with the crate and rotate type thing, keeping them safe and just taking a deep breath and going, hey, this isn't my fault. It's not really their fault. This is just where they're at in their life and I'm not gonna lose sleep over this. I'm just and this is and this is a normal thing, again, it's why you're talking to me to kinda like let you know these types of things happen and I think you're doing everything right so far.
2: Okay. Okay. And and so just keep basically keep doing what I've been doing. Give them time together, but also time for them to be apart and kind of be able to take a deep breath and not yeah. be on edge and worried about the other one.
1: Yeah, and I think you just kind of anchor them, and you're like, "Hey, quit!" The, hey, you, 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 you know, it's like it's kind of like I have siblings, so it's kind of the same thing where, it, you know, you you love your parents, but sometimes your brother or your sister can really make you mad. You don't want to be sitting next to them or be in the car or be at the dinner table with them or whatever. You you are the anchor in that situation, you know. So I so I think just providing that advocacy and that comfort of you just kind of letting them know hey i get it you guys are at this point in your life i understand but quit the shit pay attention no you're not going to go after each other we're going to go for a walk together and you just be you know really on top of them and and you're you're the pinnacle of the focus not each other so when you're out they shouldn't be edging at each other looking at each other eyeing each other they should be paying attention to you or just enjoying their walk and their time outside with each other with you Mm -hmm. you know
2: okay and kind of stack those good days. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: And you're and, and you're dealing with two dogs, two males that are, you know, starting to have a, a you know, like a, like a tiff in their life with each other and it may last forever. It may not. But yeah, I think, I just think I, I, what I would encourage you to do is just take the stress off your plate by understanding that this is a normal thing that happens. It's happened in my life. It's happened to the people around me. It happens every day to somebody. And it's, it's nothing that you could just say like, well, I want to train to go back to normal. It's, it's, it's more of a relationship problem that they're having and with dogs, because, they don't understand English. You can't sit them down and say, Hey, why are you, Hey Mac, why are you mad at champ champ? Why are you mad at Mac? And they're like, well, yeah. you know, when I went out and when you were gone, the, he he took my bone, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not going to work like yeah. that they're just animals. They're like, I don't really, they just don't care. You know, like dogs, mm-hmm. dogs, they just, it's different. I think we as humans think of it emotionally. Like, oh, my two boys don't like each other anymore. It's like, who cares? They they, they don't care. Like, as long as you're going out, you're playing fetch with them, you're playing chuck it. You know, I think the one, I would say if there's three big things, exercise is definitely number one or two, right? Exercise is really big. Just making sure that they're still getting a good life. You know, they're still getting out. And then just try to create that normalcy. Like, be be very like, let me give you an example I did yesterday. This is, this might be helpful for you. So we had a me and my buddy Forrest did a seminar at my facility uh, this yesterday and the day before and Friday. And um, so we had people from all over the country in and dogs everywhere. And we have our board and trains. I mean, my staff dogs, I mean, there's just a dog in every pocket pretty much in my, mm-hmm. in my warehouse. And, I had my personal dog Lakota, which is a Dutch Shepherd, and then I have like a shop dog. Mal- his name is Hawk. He's a Malinois, mm-hmm. and um, he, they like each other, but they're they're just kind of <clears throat> they're wired uh, the same, and so they they're kind of intense dogs by nature, and mm-hmm. so they like each other. They play. Uh, it's actually one of the only dogs my dog personally plays with. But there's times where they can kind of get at each other's nerves. Because they're kind of mm-hmm. looking for the same thing. They're looking for attention. They're looking to play a ball. They're looking for a tug. They're looking for a job. So anyway, my dog was in my office roaming free. And Hawk was in his crate in my office. So anytime I walked into my office to you know take 10 seconds or what, grab something, you know they would both get excited. But when I was getting Hawk out, and he's muzzled when he's out because he doesn't like people. So mm-hmm. when I was getting Hawk out, putting his muzzle on, his prong collar on and stuff, I placed Lakota, my dog, and I downed her because the tension between we're going, 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 we're going yeah, 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 would create conflict between them for sure. And it would, okay. yeah, so yeah. they would get upset with each other and, and they could fight, you know, they could, right? Yeah. if it's not personal. They're just, they're just two pent up, very high drive dogs excited to go do one thing and one of them's going to get it and the other one's not so you know one of them is going to go out the door with me and the other one's not and they know that so i guess my point is is i come in the situation i go lakota touch she goes to her touch i say down she downs i put hawk stuff on and i bring him out so i controlled the situation just by obedience they don't care like they don't they're not getting out of that crate saying i'm going to fight you you know and i don't think Mm. your dogs are eager to throw down every time that they have a moment. I just no, the, the, I
2: don't think either of them like fighting.
1: Exactly. So they have this, whatever, for whatever reason, you know, they have this primal instinctual problem with each other. And your job is to like I did with Lakota and Hawk, I said you there, and then you here, and then you 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 used your obedience. So one of the top three things other than exercise would be the control and obedience. Of just Mm -hmm. like, if you have good obedience, it makes your life so much easier. And it doesn't matter if your dogs are fighting, your dog's a therapy dog, your dog's a service dog, your dog's a police dog. It doesn't matter what your dog is and the caliber of them. If you have control and you have obedience, your life is going to be so much easier with your dog. So if I had two, if I had a Dutchie and a Malinois fighting to get out the door with me and they're, they're eyeing each other and whale eyeing and growling and hackles are going up and my hands are all in the mix and I'm sitting there with two velociraptors it would be yeah. da- it would be stressful and dangerous and irresponsible and all of the above and then they would probably get into an altercation which they don't want to do they actually like mm-hmm. each other but because i put them in that situation it, so my point is is like if i can come in and basically program my dogs to do what i want to make them successful because they because they don't see it that way either so like your dogs are going to be the same way When I tell Lakota to touch and down and stay, she's like, this sucks. I don't want to do this, but I'm like, but it's the same thing with kids, right? When our parents, when we were kids were like, you can't have X and you're like, but I love soda at 11 PM or whatever. And they're like, you're in bed. It's 11 o'clock. You just brushed your teeth. But you're like, no, but I want to. You know, so yeah. you're kind of upset, but it might, that's kind of the point is with Lakota, you know, and I was like, go to your place. She, she knew I was bringing him out to go. And she knows, she knows there's 30 dog trainers in the other room that would love to see her and play tug with her. And, you know, she knows these things. So She's upset, but she's listening to me because she, ha- she has to a, but she also understands that, I, that I'm, I make the rules and she doesn't, and I'm doing that because I care just like parents would do or a good manager just in general. Mm-hmm. So just using that obedience is is what you would do and just say, hey, I'm going to stop. I'm going to get one out. We're going to do a little bit of this, put the other one away, grab the other one and do this. And then I'm going to muzzle them both and go on a walk or a hike or whatever. And um, The other avenue I would talk to you about is just your off-leash control, maybe with a remote collar to be able to really reach out and touch them to give you and your dogs more freedom. Have you done any of that thought or?
2: Yeah. In, in general, because we spend a lot of time out in the woods and we, you know, I bike, we bike and run down dirt roads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I have um, a 202 that I use with them and they're off leash. we don't come in contact with a ton of people or other dogs, but when we do with the remote on their off leash, recall is really good generally speaking it doesn't and i've tried you know during an altercation even (sighs) if i turn the sim up to 100 it doesn't stop them Mm -hmm. um but i can and there's been times i've seen champ kind of do his lock on you know moments before he then like snaps and goes after him that i have used even just the pager can kind of snap him out of that lock-in moment but once he's going then there's no stem or pager that's going to stop him. Right.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> that that makes sense. Um, I would just, like I said, I think if you can kind of keep them um, in between the lines, you know, like if you can sign, if you can kind of see them build a little bit, looking at each other, or if you see a situation that could, could ultimately make them, you know, uh, upset or frustrated. I think frustration is going to be a big battle for you guys mm-hmm. um like say they go chasing a bunny together the bunny goes into the hole now they're both sitting at this little tiny hole looking down at the at the hole <laughs> and, now, yeah. and now they're just staring at each other and i think that's tense for any dog mm-hmm. you know so i think at that point again like if you can recall or um kind of get them out of a situation that could be Um, Potentially dangerous or frustrating or overwhelming for them, overstimulating for them. I would just like keep really on that too and keep practicing that. So, so what would I do? So let's just take that rabbit thing as a situation, um, as a as an example. That's where your your recall would come in nicely, you know, where you have an opportunity to the dogs go running after something, right? You're like, oh crap, and they're muzzled or whatever, Um, Mm -hmm. and that could that could be that could be challenging because you know now again like now they're both kind of competing for something as two dogs do. And now that thing is gone. So the objective is gone. So now they're just sitting there staring at each other. And that's where you're going to see an intense moment. So you would just pick a dog that may be better with recall than the other, or maybe that's closer to you or easier to you to recall. And they go running after and you just say, Hey, Mac come. And then you just pull that dog off that situation until champ gets back or champ figures out that he's not going to catch that rabbit or the rabbit's gone. And, 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 again, that's, obe- that's using obedience to counter certain situations. And that's something that for, for me who, who specializes and primarily works with behavior modification and dogs is that that's what that's, that's just, that's the sky's blue for us. I mean, that's just part of our everyday life of making sure when we go into a room, who's in there, making sure when we go through a doorway, coming in, dog in, Hey, I'm here, move, get out of my way, you know? I mean these yeah, are, these okay. are all like management things that we're just so used to doing as 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 people who work with dogs professionally in in that situation and and that's okay to do to just use your obedience to manage certain situations to say hey you know what I'm going to put you into a sit stay I'm going to go check the hallway okay now you can come through or you can't but it's at the end of the day what what's what's helping us here is 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 ultimately going to be the obedience well awesome yeah. So it's, I think, I think you're in the right track. I think, like I said, I would just um, really focus on their quality of life to continue to to work them and train them and, and, and exercise them and continue to make that muzzle a, a very neutral thing that we're going to do often and use your off leash control to really work on any sticky situations with obedience. And, and uh, I think you'd be fine and just kind of like, Hey, it is what it is right now let's just keep let's just keep going through life and enjoying life and i could just i could just see a lot of my clients um get kind of overwhelmed and frustrated and 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 kind of like oh man oh man oh man it's like stop oh man like it's it's fine like life is gonna go on it could be worse like let's just say okay they're 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 having a hard time with each other right now here's what i'm gonna do and then you're right back to normal
2: okay well cool can yeah. I ask you a couple now, um, dog trainer type questions? Of course. So I've I've been working at a boarding and training facility for like a year and a half now, and and love it. And was just curious. Did you? And I'm at obviously the beginning of my journey, and knowing knowing some stuff about you that you did the dog walking and mm-hmm. were an animal control officer and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Did you have a moment where you kind of knew, okay, I have the foundational and situational skills to open my own dog training business or something like that
1: did I have did I have the skills get more granular on that do I have the skills to to open a business
2: yeah did you have a moment where you went from walking dogs or being an animal control officer Mm -hmm. where you kind of realized oh I threw my previous experiences i now have the skills to open my mm-hmm. own dog training business
1: yeah i think it was um it was more of a organic uh natural thing that kind of happened off of serendipity and really what happened was is because i was in the dog world for mm-hmm. for you know for a, a while and i was and i and i was working with dogs in clients i just wasn't training i was just you know taking care of them walking them staying at their house you know whatever and mm-hmm. uh, it kind of just, it, it morphed into these dogs were typically like dogs who couldn't go to daycare and in boarding facilities or weren't comfortable. And sometimes not, I would say 50, 50, but regardless, people were like, Hey man, when I would do consults, right? It would be the same kind of consultation that I would do for training. If I did an in-home is I'd have to, okay. I'd have to go into a situation when the owners are like, ah, oh, you know, we don't. You got to be careful and don't do this and don't do that. And I just walk in and just kind of do my thing, right? Like I would prefer a training consult, just got to be neutral. And my, my, my gut feeling and my instinct told me what to do, how to do it. You know, don't don't put your arm out, back up go in the other room, kneel down, take your hat off. Like all those instincts that just went right through my head, like a deck of cards being shuffled. That's just what mm-hmm. happens. Like when I'm working with a dog or working with a person that's just in my head, it, it just does that. So for me, it was more like a natural thing of people started saying, man, I can't believe how good it, you know, I can't believe how good my dog is. I can't believe my dog sniffed you. I can't, you know, it was, it was that every day, like every single uh-huh. day. I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. And it was like, okay, cool. I guess I'm doing something different than your other dog walker or your other. So then it naturally got into, man, can you, you know, I saw that video you posted on Instagram of Jack walking really nice or Jack sitting or how did you get, how did you get Jack around another dog, things like that. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I can show you if you want. And then, and then the table started kind of turning for me very naturally like that where people were like, Oh, my trainer could never do that. I'm like, well, I'm not a trainer. So I don't know what to tell you, you know, and, the, and these are people who were working with trainers of 30 years of experience that were certified with three different educations. And I was sitting there just like, yeah, you just do it like that. I don't know, you know, and I would just teach them how to do it. And that's for me, that's where it shifted. So it wasn't necessarily, can I do this? I was, I kind of just started doing it. And you know? I was like,
2: oh, okay.
1: You know what I mean? And then I took a step back and I realized, I'm like, man, I, I, I'm i getting a lot of requests for something that's not on the menu. You know, like if, mm-hmm. if I was a business owner in a, in a restaurant and people are like, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And I'd be like, fine, let's just put it on the menu and it sells out. That's kind of what happened.
2: And then it just, here I am. So everything pretty much just continued to play off doing your dog walking. You didn't have a, yeah. you didn't go to a dog trainer school or do a- no internship type thing okay cool
1: because everything that i was doing was the same it wasn't like the only thing i did do is i went i did i did certain things like i did everything non-traditionally looking back on it i didn't realize what i was what i was developing i was just insecure because i was like everyone keeps calling me to train their dogs i was like but i'm not a dog trainer i'm like i don't even know how they're finding my number i don't even know how you know and so i did Uh like the wolf thing so i went out and worked with wolves for a while to kind of really understand the species a little bit better. I did that for five years in Colorado. Um, I was always teaching because I was a, I was a pet tech instructor. So I was a, I certified people in pet CPR and first aid. So when I was like in my early, early twenties, 21, 22, 23, I was traveling and teaching seminars like to 15 to 25, sometimes to 40 people all around the country um teaching people how to do CPR and first dates. I kind of started cutting my teeth on seminar teaching presentation public speaking work very early on with dogs mm-hmm. in my early 20s you know I feel like okay. I, I feel like not a lot of people start doing big room seminars in their early 20s with dogs until they're really further along in their career and I just did it because I worked for a company that that was their business was seminars so my so I guess my point was is my people skills were always there I was very confident in what I was doing and so, yeah, so it kind of blended together, teaching, public speaking, being comfortable, telling people what to do, and it just kind of merged together into where I am today. And it's continuing to morph and adapt and change, but yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you. I, I appreciate that.
0: Yeah.
1: No worries. Cool.
2: Well, I think that's that's all my questions. I appreciate the time, Tom. Thank you.
1: Yeah, No. no worries. Good luck, man.
2: Thank
1: you. Yep. Have right. a good rest of your day. You too, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, you guys, you've reached the end of the podcast. We're going to start with a question from 7 Tris 9 Hey, Tom and team. I'm a newbie to dog training. I used to offer puppy and basic obedience classes about 10 years ago. My evolution from less tool-based training program and to learning more about place and yes and necessities to the tool use for some dogs have been eye-opening humbling and refreshing i currently have a german shepherd malinois mix who was rescued last year at the age of two and while a wonderful dog she has some issues i was leash with leash reactivity and your videos and podcasts have helped have been a fantastic resource i'm inspired to become come back to training and even in the process of learning and training for dog sports thank you for everything that you've done and you're so sort of diligent uh, to help educate the benefit of the dog. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Caitlin Patterson. Hey, Tom, I've been watching your videos and listening to your podcast for a long time. You're amazing. I hope you get to speak with you in person one day. I have an intact 17-month-old mixed breed dog. He's drivey like a duchy. He has no leash reactivity, but my concern is, is his fixation and dominance towards other dogs. Big or small, it doesn't matter. He really sizes himself up with anything he can while he listens well on the leash as far as his healing however he won't disengage he continues to fixate on the dog he knows leave it but doesn't respond to the prong while he's in fixation on the dog now off leash off leash he had two incidences where he has been playing and then very quickly switched and flips become extremely intense and will tackle another dog for growling very deeply and teeth bearing hackles up extremely aggressive i no longer put him in the situations to be off leash with other dogs but there are many in the apartment that i live in <clears throat> so how can you manage it? Well, the really, the the most important thing that you want to do, Caitlin, is, is you want to disengage the dog before he gets to that fixation point. And I would try to find some sort of motivation. So get your food out, get your ball out, get your Frisbee out, get your tug out, get your chicken out, get your hot dog out. You have to disengage him off of those things because he's an intact male. So if you've listened to my podcast with Dr. Rihanna Rice, testosterone is there and a lot of it. And that's why you're getting all this aggressive behavior. You're tackling. The dog is uh, flipping other dogs over, growling. Hey, I'm here. You're not. Get out of here. I'm big. You're not. And that all has to do with him being intact. That's just how it that's just how it goes. It's, you keep an intact male intact. It's not bad, but that's how they act. I mean, you're keeping them, you're giving them all the testosterone. And I think a lot of people see it as a bad dog or a different dog. And the reality is, is there most dogs are fixed. So you don't see it. A real dog. That's my opinion anyway. So that's what you're dealing with. So you're going to have to disengage this dog um, because the corrections aren't going to work, which makes sense because they're so engaged. So try to use some motivation to disengage the dog before it becomes fixated. <clears throat> it's a good question. Okay. Next one is from Smashley Simpson. Cannot recommend this podcast enough. Tom, first of all, thank you so much for the work you do. Your selflessness radically is generous and giving. giving heart shows through your work and helps us tires dog owners well thank you question i have two dogs a boxer who's three and a pit bull who is one and i've incorporated your training regarding the heel command and they do awesome separately excuse me however when i walk them together my pit mix uh, keeps inching towards so i have to constantly correct her which i don't want to do if i use the prong collars i keep it up by her ears and do the pop correction, you talk about and also make sure that they have breaks during the walk Hope to hear from you soon. So <clears throat> I was, excuse me, I got like allergies today. I guess it's better today than waking up and trying to do a seminar like I did yesterday with it. So I would say um, you want to make sure that when you're healing with your dogs, that you're doing a stop and go and you're doing a calibration. So a lot of people like try to keep up with their dogs and go forward. And it's it's very difficult to, to do that. So your job is, is supposed to be making sure that when you're out and you're doing this, that you're being mindful that you got to, you got to keep your dog engaged by stopping saying Hey, we're stopping. Hey, we're turning around. Hey, we're going other directions. So you want to turn around, go the other way, be mindful of these things. Make sure that your dog understands that you're turning and, um, you're, you're going to switch positions and you're going to do different things. And that's what I would recommend is just stop and go. Because if you're, if you're constantly going forward and you're correcting, it's because your dog is moving too fast. Your dog has tunnel vision. You have to slow things down and change up the scene. That's what I would recommend. So I hope that helps. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.
0: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments.